Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Okay. Which itch, one did I itch, forget? Itch. You gotta go itch. Oh, itch. 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 Yes, you are an itch. Itch. It. <laughs> Cork sorker. <laughs> you fargan sneaky bastard. <laughs> Bastitch. <laughs> All right, we are about to begin recording the Geek Shock Live podcast. Now we realize we're in a library. We are normally an explicit podcast, so we are going to family friendly this today. Fudge, yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. There's no kids here right now. Yeah, I see one right over there. Yeah, but they're not She's in the room. She's enjoying a book. and you. And That's not a kid. That's cosplay. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, okay. Somebody yeah. playing a kid. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. This is going to be a continuation of uh, The Last Geek Shock two, uh, 428. So, uh, so it doesn't get its own number? It is going to be 428B. Wow. All and, right. And this is going As to go... barricade. This is going to go up Tuesday if you want to hear the post-recorded version of it. Cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to begin Geek Shock Live. How's everybody doing today? I love it. I love it. Are we live? We are live. Yeah. We are live. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt, some guy, (laughs) 40K guy. He's so hurt. He never recovered from that. That email crushed me. We got an email in that's, that asked the guy that plays 40K about what he feels about the Warhammer 40K novels. Not it, by my name. Not by, <laughs> just ask the guy. He's been on the show for two years. Yes. Well, I mean, you're just the next in a long line of replacements. Right. So, I mean, maybe that's you're, what they were hinting at. You're just, you're just this year's Bonzo. <laughs> well, well, I, <laughs> well, I noticed I'm the only one without headphones. So, obviously, you never it's a four-person yeah. podcast. Oh, I'm the extra guy. Oh, no. Okay. no, no. You refuse headphones. We tried to put yeah. them on you. That's right. Now, for those of you new to Geek Shock, we are a geek news podcast. Basically, we tell you the week, the geeky news of the week. We do this every single week, and we also do something called red light, green light every now and then. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, uh, for those of you who don't know us all that well, uh, let's do a quick introduction. Just uh, your name and kind of the geeky stuff you're into. I am Master Torgo. I'm very much. I love to read. So being at this library, Henderson Minicon is awesome for me. Thank you so much, Henderson Minicon, for having us. And I'm also really into horror, and I'm weirdly starting to creep my way back into Warhammer, Matt. Uh-oh. Excellent. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I've, For I've the been, Imperium of Man. I, <laughs> online, if you go, if I, there's so few Warhammer fans out there. But those of you who are, if you go online, they have these things called battle reports. They're basically an hour and 45 minute long games of Warhammer that people record, do this whole thing at the beginning where they, this is my army, these are the points I spent, this is their why I build it this way, the second guy does that, they have their full battle, and then at the end, the denouement of what they would have done better or otherwise. 
only if you're deep geek into Warhammer does this even matter to you, and it's starting to matter to me. So it's for people who like the statistics, not the actual game. No, it's the actual game. It is played turn by turn. You see every single die roll that happens in it. Torgo. Every single movement. I'm way far away from you, but I'm starting to mist up here emotionally. Right? Uh-oh. And there's some tears going on here. Yes. There's one and one more person. Last night I watched Chaos Marines versus Tyranid. Tyranid is like the aliens of, uh, uh, really Scott's aliens of, uh, of Warhammer. He's going to go home later on. He's going to watch one of the videos and be like, it's so beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. I gotta say so this. it's Warhammer <laughs> Twitch. Yes, yeah. it's Warhammer Twitch. I gotta say, it's the step up from you watching endless videos of people pushing coins. I still watch those. Oh though. God! <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take much to get his attention. Not folks. at all. You can plush time wins. I watch people play ticket, ticket arcade games all the time. It's stupid, but that's a little bit of what I'm into. Jeff, what are you into? Uh, I'm 80s Jeff. Um, I am hugely into sci-fi. Star Trek's probably my first sci-fi love. Um, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. I also see somebody's wearing a Biff's auto detailing shirt, so mm. that's that's awesome. Um, I have a Biff's Pleasure Palace uh, beer mug at home, so I, I drink from that rec- uh, recently, actually. You're uh, telling us what you drank from recently? Hey, it's part of the show. <laughs> it's part of my mystique. Welcome to drink. Um, you have mystique, all right. Uh, so the, Kirsten, Todd, and I, we all worked at Star Trek The Experience, so that's where we all got to, to know each other. Actually, Todd and I met each other at Space Camp 30 years ago, so that's... Jeff and that's I go... We, got. we go way back. Way back. Horribly way back. Uh, and then, you know... It's, it's a darling story. It's cute. That's, it that's really kind sweet. of where the core of the podcast started. So, that's, that's me. <clears throat> All right. Commander K. Commander K, that actually comes from my character name. The last three years at Star Trek, the experience. I was Commander Kestran... And uh, the first few episodes I appeared on, I think I was Commander Kistran, and then we finally just settled in on Commander K. It's more fun to say. Yeah. So, well, it scans better, that's for sure. Yeah, it does. I'm deep into fantasy and sci-fi myself. Um, I am as old as Star Trek. That's like my hall of glory, uh, you know, except now Star Trek is really old, so. There's a lot of people as old as Star Trek. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Did you bring my pillow with you? I didn't even no. notice. <laughs> good, God. Okay, that's good. And um, I knew Andy before I knew anyone else, actually. He and I had a mutual friend at Star Trek The Experience. And Andy, the friend, and Paul, famous Paul, and I got together and actually played. Um, it, was a, it was a homebrew role-playing game I, I made up. And we did that for a while, so actually Andy's one of my oldest friends here in town. That goes back to like 98, doesn't it? So it's 20 years now. Probably that, yeah. Yeah, so wow. that's, uh, and that's Andy's connection in here because Todd came over for games and thought for some reason it would be great to have Andy on the show. The first time he spilled something on me, I knew it was faith. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, I tell knew. us about yourself. Well, I'm, I'm oh, known God. for spilling things. I'm um, fact-checked, Andy. Um, I'm into comics. I'm into tabletop games. I'm into nerdy music. I'm very much into nerdy music. Um, and I have too many weird jobs. I don't have an actual job. I have several sub-jobs. A, a lot of them. He's never, he's, he's never home. Right. I just finished uh, rap filming a, a movie uh, Wednesday at, well, actually Thursday morning at 3 a.m. So I'm still a little punchy. I'm trying, but yeah. 
Is there a title of that movie that you can give it's out? It's called The Nest. The Nest. Which I'm um, no doubt amuses our friends over at Ice Cream Social because they mean, when they say The Nest, they mean something else, which we can't say here in this library. But yeah. <laughs> Fudge, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. Tell You're, us about you. You remember my name. Holy. This that is guy a that step plays in the 40K, right direction. Warhammer okay. dude. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy tabletop games a lot. Uh, I have many armies. Um, Except Legend. He doesn't like Legendary. Yes. Legendary can suck it. Legendary, the deck okay. building card game. Is that yes. the one we're talking about? Yes. yes. He's right. It's terrible. And Thank you. Oh, look at that. We, 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 <laughs> we're like in tune today. I love I, it. I love wow. it. We're, okay. we're bonding today. Um, I love sports. My passion is hockey. All right, we're not bonding anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, sports, 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 sports. And I'm a huge like Marvel fan as well as DC. Ooh. A lot. One of you know one of ten DC fans. So there's that. And there's your cast. Yeah. You know I'm, I'm very excited because here at the Henderson MiniCon we've never had an opening band. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> Before us, the Bog Trotters Union played, and they're mm. awesome. They yeah, gave they me were. Per- they gave me permission to use uh, one of their tracks to open and close the show, so you'll hear a little bit of them. But that's cool. Check them out, Bog Trotters Union. They're a local Vegas band. They've got that uh, electric mandolin and banjo sound that I really dig. That's and, neat. And, like and that. always buy Union. That y- yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Look for the Union lady. Okay, I'm going to stop before I continue singing. <laughs> I do want to throw out uh, those fans of cons in Vegas. MeepleCon is coming up very soon, March 16th to the 18th at the Eastside Cannery. Uh, there's only uh, room for 600 registrants. So if you're into board games, check them out and check them out quickly. Uh, so we are going to go into news now. We got through the news you don't care, care about. about section on our last podcast. So this, we're not going to do news that's actual hold geek on, hold, fun news. Hold on, uh, oh, Torgo. Oh boy. I, 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 I went on a quest this week. You went on a quest? Are you need uh, some pepper or something? Oh, wait, wait. You, you need a, a moment of what you did geeky this week? Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let, me, let me grab it. Oh, oh, oh. oh. What, oh, is, hello. God. what is going on? I had nothing to do with Holy that spell. Holy shnikes. So uh, I had to kill Vision. Um, oh what else? My I took goodness. out some uh, some dark elves. Wait a second! You are wearing a lit the- up infinity gauntlet that actually moves its fingers. Wow! Oh. Holy so, smoke! If you spill anything on me, <laughs> <laughs> I have rarely been jealous of anything you've got. But man, I want that. I, I I didn't even know this existed. I didn't yeah. either. I'm surprised that's not in our. Well, there's only one, already. so it's mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, first of all, I, my, the interview questions must come. Where did you get it? I told you. I, I, I to wasn't listening because I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually from Hasbro Games. Whoa. Really? So, and, and Jeff, if you remember, a year ago, in a couple months, yes. you gave me something that looks like Andy put it together. What? So what did I do now? Wait, wait, you're giving gifts? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that looks tailored up. Yeah. yeah. I got that because you no, asked no. me to find it for you. Lies. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, which one, folks? Oh, my The actual God. Infinity Gauntlet. Or Listen, I, I bought a... The, the original we got him is that bank-style one, those big vinyl banks. Listen to that. Okay, a- Andy rarely scares me, but Andy's wearing the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> right now, and I'm terrified. <laughs> it's but okay. He's going to spill the power jam. <laughs> oh Let's mess with time and space, folks. Come on. Oh, jeez. That's pretty cool. That is fantastic. Okay. Until Kate Blanchett comes along and goes, fake, uh, and knocks it over. <laughs> How yeah, that's true, yeah. 
How much does a Hasbro Games Infinity Gauntlet run? Well, I'll tell you after the show because my wife's sitting right there. (laughs) 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 It was... um, Yeah, everybody in the room is spouting except for her. So the tailored (laughs) one was uh, cheaper? It, it was a hundred bones. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, so. I'm. Uh, I must. I have a quest. That, have that a quest was your monthly allowance, right? That's the, that's all you get to spend this month. Yeah. So that is amazing. And it's a couple months. You had to sell three armies to get it. Right. <laughs> so that's what I did this week. Oh wow! All right. All right. Let's do a little weekend geek. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Oh wait, you got more? No. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Well, he's got more. It's 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 freaky. The first one's already freaking no, no, me go out. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm fine. You're, you're fine. Yes, I'm fine. Yeah, you're not gonna do better than this. Yeah, you know, you, no. that's, that's true. true. You led with the big one. You should have closed yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Lobo <laughs> movie really is on again. Oh boy. And this time, Michael Bay could be directing. <laughs> According to the report from the Wrap, Bay has already met with DC Films to talk about the project and offer suggestions on how he would approach a Lobo. Those notes will go on to Wonder Woman co-creator Jason Fuchs, who will then rewrite the Lobo script. Warner Brothers hopes that the strength of that rewrite will then convince Bay to officially sign on. If all goes well, Warners and DC are hoping they can make the anti-hero blockbuster that will be their version of Fox's smash hit Deadpool. Development on the Lobo film dates back to 2009 when Guy Ritchie was originally attached to helm the project, and of course Ritchie eventually bowed out. Lobo movie, gentlemen. What do you think about that? Me. That you know what? You know what's uh, Bob Chipman from Movie Bob? Yes. Actually tweeted that he found it interesting that really they already have Lobo because Jason Momoa's Aquaman is very Lobo-like. That's true. Looks very Lobo. Yes. And is actually kind of playing Aquaman as you would kind of want. Lobo play. Yes. And it was funny. Once he said that, I was like, oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, golly gee, because Mom- Momo is now Aquaman, so he can't do what actually would be perfect for him. Oops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's DC for you. Yeah. Now, you know what? <laughs> I have never read a Lobo comic in my life. Is this a character that excites anybody here? Oh, at the yeah, absolutely. Yeah? yeah. If he if he if he's done well, uh-huh. um, it actually he is actually very funny when Keith Giffen. Which actually didn't Giffen create him? I think he may have. I think yeah. he had a hand in creating him. Uh, when he writes him, it's 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 a great character. It's a really really it it it, it and kind of was DC's Deadpool before uh, Deadpool. He was he was he's he's super he's Superman slash Wolverine with a lot of swearing and uh, oh. mayhem. Fragging bastard. Yeah. Ah, and he's he's a. He's a cosmic guy, right? Cosmic bounty hunter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that really working. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When I look at him, I see like a KISS member. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. Kind of bikerish dude. I think he took on Superman, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had to have. It's East DC. Yeah. It's a, everyone takes on Superman at some point. That's the rule. Especially if you get to a height of certain popularity. Right. All right, next, next story. After nearly 40 years in the tabletop industry, the longtime publisher of the popular Settlers of Catan franchise is closing its doors. What? 
Mayfair Games has sold its remaining games catalog to Asmodee North America, a massive games publisher and distributor. The company announced, quote, as of today, the management team at Mayfair Games Incorporated announces we will wind down game publishing, the company said in a statement. After 36 years, this was not an easy decision or one we took lightly, but it was necessary. Once we had come to this conclusion, we knew we had to find a good home for our games, which is when we reached out to Asmodee. In 2015, Mayfair Games refreshed Settlers of Catan with the new 5th edition release simply called Catan. The following year, it sold the North American license to, for the franchise to Asmodee North America. Today's announcement indicates that it will add an entire product line of Mayfair Games to Asmodee's growing portfolio. Asmodee simultaneously snatched up Lookout Games, makers of U Rosenberg's classic Agricola, as well as his more recent title, Caverna. In recent titles, uh, in recent years, I can't read the years at all. In recent years, Asmodee has been aggressive with its acquisitions. Its stable now includes Fantasy Flight Games, Days of Wonder, F2Z Entertainment, which continue to publish under their own names, and that makes the company the publisher of dozens of the most highly regarded franchises in the tabletop industry. So they're the Disney of, yes. of ah. gaming. That Got it. Is, yes. And they own Seven Wonders, Dead of Winter, Jesus. Dixit, uh, Splendor, a Star Wars X-Wings miniature game, Pandemic, Ticket to Ride. Internationally, Asmodee also distributes Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! in some European countries. So when does Des Disney buy Asmodee? Uh, I give it a week. A week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the company also has a successful digital imprint that focuses on bringing tabletop games to mobile devices in Steam. And if you haven't checked out the, the iPad slash Steam Pad selection of board games out there, they're pretty good and pretty wide and varied. And yeah, basically every Asmodee game has a digital version of it. Mm. So if you like any of those games... I play Catan on my tablet every now and then. Yeah, I have uh, over 1,100 game, uh, Catan games played now. I liked it better before <laughs> the games counted and told me how much time I was wasting. <laughs> I, I just want to back that up. That Commander K has played 1,100 digital games of Catan on his Xbox 360. Yes. That is really impressive to me. Yeah. It's just, it actually, it's become like a morning routine while I'm having breakfast or just sitting and chilling. I fire up Catan and play one or two games and and uh, it's good because yeah. you know it's not going to go more than 20 minutes yeah no it's the they're quick games and it's fun all right this one oh this one oh I like this the original shooting location for Friday the 13th Camp Crystal Lake it's actually a camp called Camp Nobi Bosco it's a functioning Boy Scout camp in Hardwick New Jersey it has an occasional tour now and then, occasionally on Friday the 13th, but it's never had an overnight experience until now. What is usually an afternoon tour benefiting Boy Scouts is now a VIP all-night stay with special guest and original Friday the 13th final girl, Adrian King. The VIP experience includes camping out in the cabins and a special morning activity with King that isn't specified. Uh, these packages are finite, and up for the highest bidder, so this is cost and green. Wow. Uh, but the day tours themselves start at $135 for a morning tour, $175 for the afternoon tour, and it's uh, way above that for the overnight stay. 
All these events, of course, occur, occur on the weekend of Friday the 13th of April this year. What's the package for Knife Wielding Maniac coming after you? Uh, that is the free Uber Gold package. Okay. And it is the least expensive in that it costs you your life. Right. Yes. So I've dreamed to go see the actual Camp Crystal Lake all my life. I know. This this would be a wonderful way of doing it. But the fact that it's also a forever functioning Boy Scout camp, uh, that just keeps everyone away except for these special days. And they make those special days really expensive to do it. You got to be prepared. Uh, I guess so. But I'll make it. I'll get there. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. Well, if you were still a, a registered scout like I am, you know, maybe you could get into the... Nerd. Oh. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> scout, 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 scout. That's all I'm hearing. All right, Jeff, we're Uh-oh. sending you and we're giving the VIP gold package, so we want okay. to... Okay. I'll take a lot of pictures and go, wish you were here, but not really. <laughs> Have you considered, like, going in as, like, a camp counselor? Uh, I could, actually. Yeah. yeah. I have my certification still. Wow. I have to look into that. Does anybody want Jeff as their Boy Scout counselor? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I would be the cool counselor. Okay. You would be the cool counselor. (laughs) Duly noted. I'd also be the one that parents would be frightened of because I'm teaching them about comic books and and video games. Yeah, that's the reason they'd be frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Why does my kids keep talking about space camp? (laughs) (laughs) Ma, I want to be a mixologist when I grow up. Michael Fassbender will be both act and serve as producer on the feature-length version of David Sandberg's kung fu comedy short, Kung Fury. Wow. I saw that. The original project was a half-hour 80s-inspired homage. It successfully funded via Kickstarter in 2014, later premiered in 2015's Cannes Film Festival as well as online. It follows the story of police detective Kung Fury. Yep. In 1985, who is given Kung Fu abilities after being bitten by a cobra. Kung Fury is forced to take on a number of enemies, including tangling with the mysterious Red Ninja and traveling back in time to defeat Adolf Hitler with the help of the god Thor. I gotta see. Forgot this. the Nintendo controller. I gotta see. Oh my god! Oh, it dude, is. it's so it's like so ridiculous, over the top. It's like everything '80s cheese. Everything you love. '80s. It's not just '80s movies. It also riffs on '80s video game yeah. action. Mm-hmm. All right, like Hacker Man who hacks through time. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't. Well, no. It's, wait. It's I'm on, not surprised. It's it's free. If anybody has not seen it, it's free on YouTube. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's it's a short film, it's, too. It's 30 minutes. It's a short, fun romp. But don't expect any sense out of it, because it just no, it's everywhere. It's, it's an 80s action movie. Yeah, exactly. Now, they're exactly. turning this into a full-length movie now. Yes. Right. Uh, it's now, you, you have read the book, right? Kung Fury? <laughs> You've read all the books. You actually told me there was actually a book I'm on this. Sorry. Son of a <sighs> Sorry. I didn't mean to tease you. Why do you ever believe anything Andy says? <sighs> like, I know. He used to be a journalist. I know. <laughs> Fake news. David Hasselhoff, who starred in, the, starred in the original Kung Fury short, will appear alongside Fastbender. It producers Kevin, uh, David Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith will be co-producing. Sandberg will also be appearing in the film and producing under his Laser Unicorns banner. Arnold Schwarzenegger will be playing the President of the United States. Of course he will. <laughs> Kung Fury is scheduled to begin filming this summer. I'm, I'm after this. I'm really excited. I, 
Uh, here's the thing. If the movie's coming out, should I see the shorter? Is that going to yes. ruin it a little yes. for me? Yeah, okay. No, you're going to definitely want to see it. Okay. Definitely want to see it. All right. Disney Parks news. <laughs> It'll spoil all those this, plot points. This is the part that gets me excited. What happened? This, is, this has been in the news for a little bit. I've been wanting to get to this. Disney theme park news. Okay. Yes. It's already built, isn't it? No. <laughs> whole, whole bunch of stuff from Disney all over the planet. Disney Parks shed more light on its upcoming attractions and resorts at D3 Expo Japan, including the immersive Star Wars Hotel at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The resort will be connected to the Galaxy's Edge theme park at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Quote, this first-of-a-kind resort will combine luxury with complete immersion into an authentic Star Wars story, goes the Disney Parks official blog. Guests' journey through space will start when everyone departs together for a multi-day Star Wars adventure by boarding a starship alive with characters and stories that unfold all around them during the voyage through the galaxy, unquote. The post also promises that every visitor to the resort will become a citizen of the Star Wars universe with a chance to dress up in fitting Star Wars attire. In addition, the window of each room will have, quote, a view into space. And a Guardians of the Galaxy-inspired ride is coming to Epcot in Orlando as well and will be one of the world's longest enclosed roller coasters. It'll feature a unique story currently being created by Walt Disney Imagineering and include an innovative new ride system that's guaranteed to, quote, wow the guests, boasts the blog. According to Bob Chapek, chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, the Guardians coaster is part of a mission to turn Epcot, quote, into a place that's more family, more relevant, more timeless, and more Disney, unquote. And less educational. I'm, I'm, I want to stop there. That, I get it. Ep- Epcot is the educational park, or at least it was that way when it opened yes, up. Yes, it was. And it's probably the least visited of all the parks that Disney has. But people hate learning? What? I have a special place in my heart for that original Epcot stuff, though, and I'll be sad to see it go. I, I've, we've already seen stuff go, Horizons, World of Motion, and the stuff they replaced it with, like Test Track and Mission Space. I'm, I'm sorry, they're, in my opinion, just not great rides, just in, just in general, in, even, in, even in theme. So we don't I, I haven't now I haven't ridden haven't ridden the uh, Frozen ride that's in Norway, but I've seen a lot of video of it because I take a lot of video ride-throughs in my life. Wait, what? We had a reviewer uh, weigh in on that. Okay, a, I got a meh. We got a meh from yeah. the back of the room <laughs> from Jamie. She's so, tearing up. So I can't so, tell from her. Okay. Just hearing up, folks. So it's not as good as the original Norway Pavilion. They overlaid Norway with frozen stuff, and where it really shines is in the faces of the audio animatronic ride itself. All right, so the animatronics are cool. Yes, the audio but animatronics are just amazing. So they're not like the Kiss Mini Golf animatronics. <laughs> uh, okay. Which don't exist anymore. No, no. The, uh, the new location. They exist somewhere, yeah. and I will yeah, find they're, they're, them. Uh, they're out there somewhere. Hammergren's backyard. Somewhere <laughs> Somewhere there's a robot Foster Brooks. i got to find that sometime, wherever I went to. Disneyland Paris is also getting into the comic book game with a superhero-themed rooms and galleries at Disney Hotel New York. Summer 2018 also marks the opening of Pixar Pier at Disney California Adventure Park on June 23rd. Wait, what, what, what year? 
This year? Yeah. Wow, that was It's quick. coming fast. Yeah, they're they're going gangbusters on that. Featuring neighborhoods based on beloved Pixar films, Pixar Pier's main attraction will be the Incredicoaster, a super combination of character figures, lighting, and special effects that will bring the Parr family racing alongside you in a high-speed adventure. The ride will be opening eight days after the release of Incredibles 2 in theaters. Oh, my. Right? Toy Story Land in Orlando, set to debut June 30th, 2018. Also, Disney announced plans to build a new interactive ride based on Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp at Hong Kong Disneyland. Ant-Man and the Wasp will be a ride-through attraction like Hong Kong Disneyland's current Iron Man experience, and it's part of the expansion to create an all-Marvel section of the park by 2023. Is there a chart? I'm losing track of all this. Where is all the... I don't know where anything's going. Each one is... Yeah, you kind of do need a chart on this. Riders will fight alongside Ant-Man and the Wasp as they take on... uh, is it Arnim Zola? Am I, am I saying that right? Arnim Zola and an army of Hydra swarm bots. The ride will replace the current Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, and riders will receive similar laser-powered weapons with which to shoot enemies. In addition to the Marvel area, Hong Kong Disneyland is doing a renovation of Sleeping Beauty's Castle to include a daytime and nighttime show, and they're building a Frozen-themed area, which includes new attractions, entertainment, and meetings with both Elsa and Anna. Imagine that. Yeah, let it go. (laughs) Yeah, let it go. Let it go. All right. That's all the news I'm going to throw at you for right now. So we are going to do a special version of Red Light, Green Light. Now, those not familiar with Red Light, Green Light, I am going to pitch TV shows, TV shows that are actually in development. And these gentlemen here are going to be the suits of a fantasy executive Hollywood studio. So they're going to red light or green light whether they agree this show should be produced. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to cast all of you as well. Ah. Uh, You are also producers. Well, okay, executives. So put on your executive hats. So I'm going to read the pitch. All right. I'm going to get the gentleman's opinion. And then I'm going to toss it to you. And so I'm going to throw it like this. If you want red light, I want you to shout red light. And I'm going to say, who's going to green light? And you shout green light. So let's just practice that one more time. So who wants to green light? Say green light. Green light. Like it. Who says red light? Red light. Perfect. Nice. You are primed. And, love and, it. and just a reminder, this is an exercise of futility. No matter how much you hate the stupid premise, it's still going to happen. I love it. You, you actually make that disclaimer every time we do this now. Because <laughs> it's just, it hurts me that some of these things are actually going to happen. <laughs> But it's joyful that some of them will happen. Yeah, it's some great. of them are exciting. It's, some are great. Yeah, focus some on are, the positive. Some are awful. <laughs> oh, come on. We're glappy about it. Glappy indeed. <laughs> See, my studio is easy. If you come with a briefcase of money, I'll greenlight anything. Right. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Corrupt studio. Yeah, and that's true because Matt usually red lights the hell out of stuff. Now we know where you got the money for this glove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Here's the first red light, green light. According to scientific sources. The sun won't swell up, explode, and destroy our planet for at least a few billion years. In the world of Hard Sun, the upcoming Hulu series, the Earth's only got five years until that event happens. Created by Neil Cross, who created Luther, the conspiracy thriller is set up in London, follows two cops played by Agnes Den and Jim Sturgis, who stumble upon a cover-up involving the explosion of the sun in five years' time. While the show's first season of six episodes already aired in the BBC in January, it'll be making its U.S. debut next week. 
I thought it sounded familiar. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I swear I've seen a trailer for this already. I think the March 7th is when this debuts. It's grounded in science, but it's metaphorical, Cross said to a TCA panel. What drove the notion that we are generally living in a pre-apocalyptic time? We are in an uncontrolled skid. We generally don't know where we will be or what it will look like in a decade. I think all apocalyptic dramas are essentially reassuring. We always assume we are the ones who will survive. These stories are more transformal and imagine ourselves stripped to day-to-day -day worries and allow us to imagine our essential selves. Facing an enormity, we'll be, we'll be fine. We are brave and able and can face the oncoming terror for those we love. Hard Sun premieres on Hulu in four days. So this is it. Gentlemen, red light, green light, hard sun. Given that a big red sun, no. Oh, wow. Why didn't, why didn't you like that one? Anything sun related doesn't do well in my book. I don't like is it. That, like, well, it's sunshine, what's the other one? Um, where Here comes like, the sun. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the one where they try to um, jumpstart the core of the sun. I think that's Whatever that movie that I, is. I think that was sunshine. Okay. Red light. <laughs> so basically, your hatred of all these sun movies Red comes lights. from one movie. Red <laughs> light. I think it's more related to, you know, his inability to tan. Well. <laughs> Coming from the Great White North, the sun probably frightens them. Yeah. When, well, that's that's just, when the clouds <laughs> one, clear, it's I just like, like that. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what does the sun look like again? I don't know. <laughs> red light. Red light. Wow. Okay. Who else wants to weigh in, John? I'll, I'll, I'll red light it just because I don't understand what their conspiracy theory with the sun is. I, I, why do you do that? I think I'll, the conspiracy I'll, is that the coming. government knows it's they're happening hiding. and not telling anyone. Uh, it's I'm like also, deep impact. I'm also red lighting the word transformal. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's written, it becomes a word. I can't promise that I pronounced <laughs> that right what was read on the page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With your word fascism. Yeah. All right, that's two red lights. I'm a green light. Good yeah? for you. Yeah, blow up the sun. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hot. There you go. Then it's cool. So you're going to skip to the last episode, is that, what you're saying? By the way, quick segue. That was a, he, he's not here. Scully put up this hilarious, or actually his wife, Kim, put up this hilarious little thing from uh, his son. Okay. So what? Where? Where is? What's Jack? Captain now? Jack? Yeah. What's Jack? What are they in? Are they in kindergarten? Is uh, it nursery? They're, they're in kindergarten. They're yeah. they're super young. We're talking like right there. Um, and they grow up so fast. So I've totally lost track. Um, but it was funny because they had to watch Cool Runnings for class and then fill out a little report on it. And one of the questions was. Um, do you know uh, was it difficult or do you think why uh, why would it be difficult to train for bobsledding in Jamaica and Jack Scully's son actually wrote it was damn hot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he actually wrote he even spelled damn correctly of course he which did. was a really good high mark for him but that was that was hilarious I'm he, he may think he's invisible and he's a blanket over himself but he can spell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sorry for this uh, no, digression, right. but anyway, it, green light. I, green light. I, I right. blow it up. Jeff. Watch it all burn. Hard sun. Red light. Oh, oh. No. oh no. Why not? Uh, just doesn't sound interesting. All right. All right. So we're gonna throw it out to the audience. All right, executives. Who says green light? 
Green light. Wow. Who says red light? Wow, that's, that's overwhelming. A, that's a consensus. Although, wow, the cynicism. Yeah. Matt can't speak first from now on. <laughs> he just kills a crowd. Although, although Gabe, I like the, uh, I like the that you're willing to take the, a chance the on positivity. this. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the one that's going to be the studio head when all these people get fired. <laughs> All right, all right. Next I, I, yeah, I left, I left long ago for creative differences. <laughs> no. No. Okay, maybe the next one. Red what? light, green light. Okay. Author Ian M. Banks' culture series is heading to the small screen. Amazon Studios has picked the rights up to the first book in Banks' series. Consider, is it Phlebas? Fle- uh, I pronounce it Flabus, but Flabus. I don't know. That makes more sense to me. Flabus. Con- consider Flabus. <laughs> Beat me to that one. <laughs> I tripped and broke my Flabus. I- <laughs> the book was published in 1987, marked Banks' first entry into science fiction. The 10-book series is set in an interstellar socialist utopia called The Culture and follows Horza, a rogue agent searching for a missing culture mind in artificial intelligence that could hold the key to wiping out the progressive society. Dennis Kelly, creator of Utopia, will executive produce and write the pilot for Amazon. Ian Banks has long been a hero of mine, and his innate warmth, humor, and humanism shines through these novels, Kelly told Deadline. Far from being the dystopian nightmares that we are used to, Banks creates a kind of flawed paradise, a society truly worth fighting for, rather than a warning from the future. His books are a beckoning, unquote. So there it is. All right, a go positive first. future. <laughs> Consider Phlebas. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Who's first? Green light. Whoa. Why, why does this one appeal to you where blowing out the sun doesn't? The word socialist. Uh-oh. It called out go. to his there Canadian you upbringing. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was going to say that. Also, they, they, uh, they gave me a lot of money. So green light. <laughs> green light. Green light. Actually, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to green light it because it sounds intriguing. Yep. All right. Yeah. I'll green light it too. I like flawed utopias, and it sounds like the writing is, is, is good from what I'm – the least the – Well, there's the, 10 books. Yeah, so it must be – Yeah. Although there's like 78 books of Horace Harris, and I don't know if that's any good. That's a fine point, yeah. and I wouldn't film that to save my life. Kirsten. Oh, a green light. I um, uh, consider Flavus is actually kind of a tough start. That's, I think that's one of the, in terms of chronology and maybe publication, it's the earliest culture novel. And I, I try to do that, read them uh, chronologically, and that's a mistake. You should read books, I think, when they're in a series in publication order. It give, it, you get a better understanding of how the development of the whole universe goes. Sure. Um, and um, Use of Weapons, I think, is one of the culture novels that a lot of people recommend as a start for the culture series. Uh, it is very much like a flawed utopia thing, it, it, and it's really super space opera-ish, like they have giant uh, ring worlds, giant rings that are literally worlds uh, on the inside of the surface, a la Halo, Halo, or of course, you know, Ring World, the, the series. And these are the ships that they'll move into a system to terraform planets and stuff. And, and it is the flawed utopia. They meddle in the affairs of other... Uh, other systems, other cultures, and uh, governments and stuff. It's actually, uh, because Banks is something of a Marxist, but it's a very, it's a very realistic approach, you know, to, to how that sort of thing might happen if, if, we, if we ever reach that kind of level. 
Oh. So I think I think it's fascinating. The book was interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to reading more culture novels. So yeah, big time green light. All right, Jeff. I wasn't sold on the description you read, but now I'm starting to warm up to it just based on what Kirsten said. So. I, I, I know it helped me expound on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll green light that. All right. So pretty green across the board here. Let's throw it out to the audience. Who says red light? Wow. wow. Who says green light? Wow. Oh, what a crowd a of unanimous. discerning taste. Wow. Very good. <laughs> I like our audience a lot. I yeah. think they're just following Matt's lead. Is that what it is? It's, yeah. Wait, did he pay you in cash? All right. It's the royal blue shirt. No. <laughs> All right. They're afraid of the gauntlet. Afraid of the gauntlet. <laughs> afraid of the gauntlet. Yes. Yeah. That's right. It's because he could just remake reality to uh, he whatever he wants. He did. Oh, okay. they, that first oh. one, they were all green light, and he put on the gauntlet and changed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say to all you right that's, there. That's middle not finger. me, folks. He's, flip, he's flipping us the middle gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do that, Christine. That was, that was a <laughs> Oh, yeah, one. we're in the library. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'll just. Like, it never happened. No. <laughs> yeah. Good play. Oh. All right, here we go. Last one. Red light, green light. Back in late 2017, rumors began flowing that the Blair Witch Project... Red light. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Might end up seeing a reboot for television. Red light. Red, red, red. <laughs> with Eduardo Sanchez, the movie's creator, co-creator, along with Daniel Merrick, telling an interviewer he was eyeing an anthology-style series set in the world of the original movie. Lionsgate, who already owns movie rights, has greenlit a Blair Witch series to help bolster the, studio, the lineup for Studio L. Dun-dun-dun! Liongate's forthcoming subscription digital platform. Red light. Oh, my oh, God. Blood no. red. <laughs> Early details, super light. Lionsgate's yet to reveal whether the new show will follow Sanchez's original idea for an anthology. Uh, no early word on the creative team making it happen. Sanchez's vision for a Blair Witch show involved lining up a revolving door of creative talent to spin a variety of horror tales, each with its own point of view. Although the Blair Witch Project hit theaters way back in 1999, Studio L, the streaming service, is folding it into a brand strategy that takes aim at millennial viewers. The new streaming service reportedly will be available soon. According to Deadline's report, Studio L has already three features set to bow this spring, along with episodic projects in development, including the Blair Witch series. So the streaming service is coming fairly quickly. So, gentlemen, red light, green light, the Blair Witch Project, the TV show. I red. stand by my red. <laughs> there was a thin premise to begin with, and they're going to stretch it out further? Good luck. A very bright red. When, when the movie came out, uh, we actually, uh, some friends of mine and I, Professor Biggs was one of them, um, just before we went to see the movie, we actually watched a lot of the, the In Search Of type stuff that ah, they put yes. out, the, the TV, because they did it, they did TV interviews in, uh, in that, that old 70s In Search Of uh, movie style, and... The world that they actually, the background creating the whole witch society and everything and the history of the Blair Witch is actually pretty cool. It was very thorough, <clears throat> a very thorough history and a very cool idea. So in that regard, I'm a, I would actually say green light because they actually 
have a world to explore in. But, but. I'm so tired of the streaming service. So you're not tired of streaming service in general. You're, you're tired of everybody having their own streaming the, service. The the balkanization. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. The everybody getting their own streaming service it, for crying out loud. So if you get the Blair Witch Project on DVD, it has that in search of style documentary, and it is better than the movie. It's really it, it would really almost have good. To be. <laughs> it, it 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 actually it at some point. I actually felt you will get lost in, in, in watching it thinking you're watching this kind of documentary. It's but almost a necessary companion piece to the movie. Uh, it helped us when we watched it. It really did. It really was a nice background, and uh, it helped you invest into so the So was movie. that a red light on the Blair Witch series? And a, I mean, a green, a green light on the Blair Witch series and a red light on the, the streaming on service? streaming. Okay. It's green light <laughs> creatively because... The, the, the All right, we're taking the streaming service out. Let's let's talk just the show itself. Yeah, that, I'll say green light because, I mean, watching that, don't you think that actually made? I thought it made a pretty good world. They talked yes. a lot about the different which societies and the whole history behind it and all the weird stuff that was going on. Yeah, of course, Blair Witch: Book of Shadows, the second movie came out. It's one of those things where it's. It's kind of like Halloween 3 is to the original Halloween, where they just went in a whole different direction and people weren't expecting that. So it kind of yeah. crashed the yeah. series. They did do an actual sequel a couple of years back. It wasn't bad. wasn't great. wasn't bad. Showed the witch. Witch looks creepy. But uh, again, I'm pitching it. I can't weigh in on whether I say red light or green light. Is there a 2D witch project, too? Uh, yeah, that was a video game that came out on the PC back then. Mm -hmm. Jeff? Um... I never really, I mean, it, I liked the Blair Witch movie at the time. I didn't, prior to Kirsten talking about the, the documentary style stuff that I had not seen, um, I was bound to determine to give it a red light because yeah. I really thought, you know, I liked the movie the first time I watched it, but on subsequent viewings, I was just kind of, eh. So I'm going to give it a tentative green Ooh. just because I would like to see if they can actually flesh out that world. But uh, I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope because it's on a streaming service. We actually have a split group here. So the, the audience actually gets to decide for real. This is it. This, you get to decide right. the red light, green light for it's, the Blair Witch Project TV show. It's all on you. All right. So I want to hear it first. Who says green light? Green light. Green light. Who Ooh. says red light? Red well, the Reds have it. Matt, put on the glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Change it them. Doesn't matter. It's still going to happen. Yeah. I also want to bring up that we do have a book club for Geek Shock, the Geek Shock Book Club. We just took the poll and we have decided it was a tie on the books for March. Does that mean you have to do both now? I will be reading both. I've oh, actually, okay. actually, of course you will. I've actually already read one of them. So it's, uh, of course you have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what in the last, March 3rd? In the last day. <laughs> So we have two books. We have Ken Grimwood's Replay, which uh, the professor is very happy he finally got his book selected. Is he at home going, ooh? Yes, yes, he is. Kirsten does it a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Cole's The Armored Saint. Um, I can't remember how big. Uh, I don't remember. I think Grimwood's book's at about 300, 400 pages. Uh, Armored Saint's about 200. So choose either one or none and join us again next month for the uh, next month's choice of book. Uh, we will open up discussions on our Facebook page on the 8th, but doesn't mean you have to have it read by then. Join us whenever you're ready, even if it's from months from now. That is cool. So it's a very loose and lax book club. 
But this winds down Geek Shock live for this year. <laughs> so until then, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Thanks, for everybody, for showing up. Henderson Minicon, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. for bringing us back. Coming. Woo-hoo. Woo. All rock. Thank you. And thanks for opening for us, uh, Union uh, Band. Bog Trotters Union. Yes. Right. Now, I just have to unplug this machine. Excuse me. No, 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 no. Oh, oh Push yeah. a button, Frank. Oh, right, right. Wow. I lost 10 years of my life that last episode. <laughs> and you didn't even, wow. Boy, Matt was crushed. Hey, at least there's video evidence of it out yeah, there. That's Not true. the entire thing, though. All right, I'm pushing the button now. All right, here we go. Properly. Blame it with you.